everybody, this is Katie, and this is the recap for episode number 232. And here with me today is... Hey guys, I'm Beth. Yay! Glad to have you here, Beth. <laughs> yeah, it's good. good day to hang out on a chilly Sunday evening. Indeed. for fall weather. <laughs> I know, I'm loving it. It, <laughs> it kind great. of went straight from summer to winter here, which I'm a little <laughs> bummed about. <laughs> Maybe it'll kick back a little bit. Yeah. Hopefully. It was like it was like sixty seven degrees yesterday and today it was like twenty eight, so Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> That's a little insane. Let's yep. let's hope that that evens out a little bit or everybody's gonna get sick. <laughs> All right, well, let's jump in here. Um, first, I want to thank our Patreon sponsor for this episode, Gina, as well. Thank you, Gina, for sponsoring this episode. We really appreciate you. And also, when I first read your name, I thought it said all was well. And I was like, what? <laughs> that would be the best last name ever for a Harry Potter fan. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but yeah, you too can become a sponsor for as little as $1 a month if you'd like to hear your name on a show. Um, and we will also be continuing to release exclusive tidbits for sponsors over on our Patreon. So go over there and check it out. Indeed. Thank you so much, Gina. We super, super appreciate you and all the rest of our patrons. So, for this recap, we are going to be dis be discussing episode 232, which was about shipping wars. And we got lots of great comments from our fans, our listeners, as usual. So, we picked out a few to discuss with you guys. Uh, first one is from Frumpy But Super Smart. They say, first off, as usual, fantastic episode. I have a lot of feelings about ships and stuff, but the main thing I wanted to discuss was the idea that every male-male relationship is romanticized in fandom. I absolutely agree that fans do tend to pair men together very quickly, but these pairings are, but these pairings are almost never made canon. Obviously, there's a lot of shipping in the internet community. Things like John Locke and Merther are familiar even to people who don't watch the shows, but that doesn't make them actual LGBTQ representation. Of course, the willingness of fandom to immediately romanticize male-male relationships can go overboard. Oftentimes, the hypothetical relationships are the only way people can see themselves in fiction. I think basically what I'm saying is that while there definitely needs to be affectionate platonic relationships between two men, there needs to be a balance between platonic and romantic relationships between men. When it comes to Albus and Scorpius, personally, I totally ship them, and they would have made, or they would have been the first actual gay relationship in the entire Harry Potter universe. And it's not like deep friendships between men aren't shown in Potter. You guys pointed out Harry and Ron. There's also James and Sirius, Sirius and Remus, Neville and Harry and Ron. None of it is canonically gay and all of it is wonderful. I just disagree with the idea that there need to be more deep male-male friendships in HP at the expense of LGBTQ relationships. Which I totally agree with this comment so much. Yeah, um, I... I agree with this, um, but I also see both sides of this. I don't know. This is a hard one for me. Yeah, there. I, I I definitely agree with you that I see both sides of it. But I think the the last thing she said or they said, um, I'm assuming. <laughs> I'm sorry for being super smart. I'm just assuming you're a female, and I don't know why. Um, but the last sentence just I disagree that, that there needs to be more deep male male friendships at the expense of LGBTQ. Q plus relationships 
that's kind of where it gets me because we see so many platonic male-male relationships already and we have not seen one in canon that was romantic. So there's obviously a, a massive chasm between one and the other. And I realize some of that is just our society is still getting used to the idea of that being a common thing or commonly talked about or acknowledged or even legalized in some countries, etc. So I, I understand a lot of this is just a product of the time it was written, but at least going forward, I'm hoping, like in Fantastic Beasts, etc., that we will see more romantic gay relationships as well, because we need both. And yeah, I, think, I agree. Like they say, there are a lot of platonic male relationships in Potter already, so I don't think we necessarily need more of them. I'm not saying I don't want more of them. I, I like both. Um, and we've gotten that already, you know, with Jacob and Newt, like they're obviously not romantically inclined, but they're a great male friendship. So, yeah, yeah. I agree with that too. I also think, you know, if, if they were choosing not to go the direction of a romantic relationship, um, in Cursed Child, I feel like they should have at least um, kept it more open than what I've heard they've done with the the performance. Um, mm -hmm. I've heard that they really don't come across as a romantic relationship on stage, and see, I've that, heard it both ways. <laughs> I I guess I guess it feels a little bit to me like gay panic, like you know, oh. People are interpreting this as a gay relationship. Oh, that's not what we meant. Okay, let's backtrack. And oh, I feel like I it's okay to kind of leave it like that. I don't know. Yeah, but I, 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 I'm totally on, on board with like explicit representation. I want it. I want it badly. And I am bummed that they didn't do that here. Um, yeah. So I, I totally see why they are, there are so many male-male ships in fan fiction um with the reasoning that they're providing that yeah that's clearly that's what people are going to do if that if there's such a lack of it in canon that's immediately what they're going to write if it's something that interests them um themselves or they want to see themselves represented um and i i don't mind reading it like i don't read fan fiction much in general just because my br i know how my brain works and i would get it confused with the actual <laughs> books whether it was badly written or well written it doesn't matter my brain would get confused so i generally try to stay away just to make sure i keep my facts straight um but the little i have read i'm perfectly happy with however people ship whomever yeah it's just whatever makes you happy do it agreed Okay, so next we have a comment from Goblet of Fire in response to Frumpy But Super Smart. And they say, yeah, I roll my eyes so hard every time I hear, but we need to see more deep male friendships from anyone. Your examples in HP are great, but it goes beyond that too. Deep male friendships make up such a large portion of media. You've got almost everybody comedy movie ever. All those movies about teenage boys a la Stand By Me. Sherlock Holmes and all its adaptations, etc. And let's not forget that despite all the fan fiction, Kirk Spock is not actually canon. <laughs> there are also awful expectations that men don't express emotion. Yes, certainly. But there's also a lot of pushback on that. Moreover, if we're looking for LGBT plus representation, who are we supposed to ship? 
of course, we're going to choose the characters that have deep bonds. I definitely agree with that last part. Um, and that is, I think, just <coughs> opens things up for fan fiction so well because the the character growth is already there. And, and um, so bridging the gap into a relationship that is romantic is pretty easy to do um, mm -hmm. and very believable. Um, yeah. I, I do want to push back a little bit though, um, on all of these examples that they gave about, uh, male friendships and media. And I think that a lot of those examples do the gay panic thing where, you know, they, they're friends, but no homo. And I can't stand that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not the case for everything. And there definitely are some vul vulnerable male friendships in media, but I think ones that really truly are vulnerable and emotional and don't throw up the gay panic flag is much harder to find. Um, and so I think that's what particularly Allison was trying to say in the episode. Gotcha. Yeah, those are all fantastic points. Thank you all so much for making them. Um, let's move on to Dora Nympha's comment. And they say, I hate Harry Hermione because it is so overplayed. It is the most obvious and predictable idiocy in fiction. No need for even a little idea of them as a ship, thank you. If it is so important to show male friendships that can be intimate but remain only friendships, the same is true for male-female friendships too, which is Harry and Hermione's example, and it is great. Yes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> to all of that. Yeah, Harry and Hermione's friendship is probably one of my favorites in the entire series. They are just I love them. They're great Me and wonderful. Too. And it's just they just never look at each other that way. Mm -hmm. You know, this is the time when she's saying, "Oh, you should have told Cho that I was ugly." And he's like, "But you're not ugly." But <laughs> it's not that he has ever thought, "Oh, she's so beautiful. I'm attracted to her." It's just a comment, oh, you're my friend, and, well, you're not ugly, why would I tell anybody you are? <laughs> it's just such an innocent-type relationship in, in that way, and I love that it just always stayed that way, even when the movie tried to give us this little hint of an extra something that could have potentially been there. Um, in the books, that was never a thing. Um, yeah, because, again, we're seeing all of this from Harry's perspective, and we never once see in his mind him even contemplate Hermione in that way. Well, and we see some examples, um, especially into Half-Blood Prince, where Ron is starting to get jealous, where Harry and Hermione behave in a way that could be seen as suspicious, except we as readers realize it's so obvious that, that there's nothing there between them romantically. Mm -hmm. And... So I think, I don't think Ron is being overdramatic. I think he definitely is being hypersensitive. But um, but I think the things that he sees between them are actually there. And he's just blowing blowing it out of proportion a little bit. And I think that says a lot about their relationship. Because they they are really that close. They just aren't interested in each other that way. And I don't blame yeah. Ron for 
not understanding how that is possible. <laughs> but And they make a great point that, you know, male-female friendships are in almost every piece of fiction romanticized. Mm-hmm. Especially yep. when they're the, the main characters. It's just a given. Oh, obviously these two are going to be together. And right. I love that Harry Potter you know, flies in the face of that and gives us this beautiful friendship that has none of that drama. And they just actually care about each other as friends that's it um and that's beautiful so yeah we need more of that too (laughs) well i know we're gonna we're gonna get into the ron hermione versus harry hermione down a little bit later but um i just thought it would be funny to bring up that my 13th birthday party was spent having a pretty intense argument with one of my friends about who was going to get together. And I was the Ron <laughs> Hermione side and she was the Harry Hermione side. And we got we got into it. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Did either of you like change the other's mind at all or make you think a little bit differently? Or was it totally just, nope, I'm still holding strong to my feeling and at, that's it? <laughs> at that point in time, no. <laughs> <laughs> she yeah, was, at that age she I was unconvinced <laughs> <laughs> i remember i mean because i was an adult when i was reading the potter series and on the hp for grown-ups yahoo group there were even fights on there between adults reading these books um some were seeing harry hermione and the rest of us were seeing ron and hermione and it was so strange that we were all reading the exact same thing um as adults, like cause when you're when you're a kid, when you're a teenager, I think it's easier to fall into the main, oh, the main characters, girl and boy, they're supposed to be together. Um, but when you're older, you pick up more on the clues, I think, that are there. And at least to me, it always seemed obvious that Joe intended for Ron to be with Hermione, but it clearly was not obvious to several others, and they would, like, literally get into wars about it. Like, I never got involved. I just kind of watched from a distance, like, I don't care that much to fight you, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm right. <laughs> and I'm, yeah, I think in the end, yeah, after the last book came out, there was a lot of, like, told you so going on. <laughs> Just not super mature for a bunch of adults, but it happened. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Well, so let's move into the next comment from Lisa. Um, And they say, to me, the worst ship of the series is definitely Harry Ginny. Don't get me wrong. I have no problem with the idea of Hinny, but the execution is a disaster. I don't buy that it was love. It was sexual attraction, period. And hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Ginny's a pretty easygoing girl, and Harry is a hormonal teenager. Good for them if they got it on. However, don't pretend like they're soulmates or like it's some sort of love for the ages. It's very, it's very, it was very obvious in the books that Harry didn't mind snogging Ginny and having fun with her. But then he went back to Hermione and Ron to share his thoughts, feelings, and strategies with. There's no depth to Hinny, either in the movies or in the books. I expected a bit more from the protagonist's romance, to be honest. I don't know about you, but I'm kind of with her on this one. Uh. Um, <laughs> I and I'm maybe some of it is just the movie affecting me because they just really were not handled well in the movies at all. But even when I reread the series, I still I I don't feel a lot for those two. I like Jenny individually. I like Harry individually, but 
I'm kind of with her where I don't necessarily see them as being soulmates and they're like the one, you know, the one true pair. They have to be together for the rest of their lives just because they shared these few moments together in this one year of school um, and, you know, on holidays or whatever when they were together. But uh, yeah, I, they, they, don't, they just don't do a lot for me either. I'm going to disagree here. <laughs> Okay. I I love Harry and Ginny, and I totally agree that they are not given nearly enough. Um, I I have my Thor cup ready, um, <laughs> but I still love them, and I think there is enough evidence in the books to support them that I can comfortably say most of their relationship development happens off the page, and I can. Fill that in in my head and be okay with it. Um, even though I'm wishing for more between them, and the movies does not help in any yeah. way. They're so bad. <laughs> I um, think you're right, though. It happens off the page, which is the right. entire problem. Right, right. But yeah, just that there are just a few moments in particular. The one that sticks out in my head the most is the one where they're just sitting around in the common room, and I think Ginny's like leaning up against Harry's legs and they're studying and talking or I, like I don't even remember the content of the scene it it wasn't particularly important but how comfortable they felt together just mm -hmm. being there and spending time together that is what made me believe the most because I mean I I just spent the entire day today on the couch snuggling with my boyfriend and watching football and like that was our whole day and that is kind of my idea of like a true love comfy um relationship and so seeing that in harry and Ginny makes me really happy and the fact that harry's life is so tragic and traumatic <laughs> and <laughs> it's so clear that she just gives him a space to feel safe and happy and I want that so badly for him that it yeah. makes me happy too. Yeah, I I think the one thing that they really have going for them is when I try to picture Harry with anyone else at the end of the series, I can't. Mm -hmm. I, I'm like, who could, else could possibly fit what he needs after all of his traumatic experiences that he's been through and someone who's kind of been through them with him, at least some of them, right. or understands and... Yeah, there, there's not a lot to choose from, honestly. Right. <laughs> and he's already got this history with her. He already loves her family. So, yeah, I, I definitely get the comfort part. And I like that they, it's not a struggle for them. It just, they fit together like puzzle pieces and it's it's easy. Um, so, yeah, I, I like it in some instances, and I just, I think, yeah, I think I just needed to see more of it mm -hmm. to really care more about their relationship. Um, but I also respect the fact that Joe did not make that a huge plot point right. for the main character, yeah. or for any of them, really, but especially for the main character, because I did not want to read a romance novel when I was reading Potter. Right. I wanted the fantasy elements, and that's what she gave us. So, I'm yeah, I'm okay either way. Well, I and... Guess. and my personal headcanon is that a lot of that growth happened on the Quidditch pitch and Joe hated writing Quidditch, so <laughs> maybe that explains point. it. <laughs> I like it. Well, let's move on to a comment from Slytherin Knight. 
They say, the Ron Hermione discussion made me cringe a bit. Full disclosure, I am a Harry Hermione fan, but I do accept canon, except for Cursed Child. All of the hosts seem to just love the pairing and see no real flaws with it. To me, Ron never really gets past the stage of the young boy who picks on the girl he likes. Maybe he does that in the 19 years later time period, but nothing is shown really in the books or films. I will say, though, that Ron Hermione is much more developed than Harry and Jenny due to their shared screen time in the books and films. This reaction could also stem from my belief that Ron doesn't deserve Hermione due to his actions throughout the series, and that I see myself in Hermione due to being the bookish, nerdy kid who didn't have a lot of friends growing up. I have so many Which, feelings about this. <laughs> okay, I'll let you go. You, you start. <laughs> I am a hardcore Ron Hermione shipper, and uh, not to be disrespectful of your viewpoint, Slytherin Knight, but I'll fight you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I think that you're right, uh, in that Ron has a lot of maturing to do, and that Hermione is a little bit past him in some respects, but I think we start to see that from Ron toward the end of Deathly Hallows, once he comes back after Christmas, um, I think we really do see him trying really hard to be more mature um, and become an adult, I guess. Um, and the scene that sticks out most to me for their relationship and why I love it so much is the scene where Harry and Ron are locked in the dungeon of Malfoy Manor and Hermione is being tortured and Ron is literally screaming, trying to figure yeah. out how to get to her. And yeah. I am just so heartbroken every time I read that. And that to me shows that like, it's not just a kid relationship anymore. That He really truly loves her. And I just think that they only continue to mature after the seven books. I think part of my problem with Ron and Hermione is that he had to read a book <laughs> to figure out the right way to approach her. <laughs> really? <laughs> and I know some guys are just that dense and they really need to have someone just sit down and have a talk with them or read a book or something along those lines. But... <sighs> Come on, Ron. Um, you would think he would have learned by example by then, like, because Harry had no problem, you know. Well, he did have problems with Cho. I take that he back. I was about problems. to say, he gets along with girls fine. No, he had his own <laughs> share of issues relating with the female population. Um, but yeah, so that part bothers me a little. And yeah, he just, he is shown as very immature for what would you say, 75, 80, yeah. 90% of the series? I mean, a lot of it. And she's so mature from the very start that it does seem like they're on opposite ends of the spectrum. And it's like, how could that possibly ever work? Um, but I, I think one thing people do cite a lot as a massive blow against Ron and Hermione is the fact that Ron leaves in Deathly Hallows. But I don't put that, I don't, 
blame him for that one. I totally put the blame on the locket mm-hmm. because he says as soon as he left, he realized it was the wrong decision and he wanted to come back, but he couldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't put that completely on him. I forgive him for that. He is remorseful for that. He apologizes, etc. So yeah, I definitely do see the growth at the end there. And that helps. That definitely helps. I don't, I definitely don't hate Ron and Hermione shipping at all. Um, like I said, I saw it the entire way through reading the series for the first time. I just assumed they were going to be together in the end. I was right. Yay for me. But <laughs> uh, it, it wasn't anything I was super invested in. It was just one of those, well, okay, I see it coming. Okay, there it is. Yay, it happened. But again, it's not a romance novel. I didn't need a whole lot of that. Um, and maybe some people just needed more to feel more for that relationship than they do. Um, I guess ah. for me, the groundwork is is laid there. And we have to remember that they are 17 and 18 when the stories finish. And that is so young. If I think mm-hmm. back to how, you know, like romantically mature I was at that age, I'm embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> Amen, sister. <laughs> and... So comparing myself at that age to them and thinking if if I had been in a relationship that was, you know, the right thing for me, which it wasn't, um, but if I had been, I'm sure that it would have looked a lot different by now than than it did then. And so I don't feel any strangeness when I think about their relationship growing and changing as they grow up. I think he's just so darn lazy. That's just going to get on her nerves after a while. I'm sure they work it out. It's fine. You know, Joe says they'll have counseling. It'll be great. But... She was always having to help him with his homework. He's just not motivated unless it's like Quidditch or something he's like super into. Um, And, you know, his job's going forward. Like when he starts working with George in the joke shop, he probably was pretty committed at that point. Or being a stay-at-home dad with the kids, I'm sure he was great at that. That is my most favorite thing. But I, she's just such a, a type A personality. And and I don't think the two type A's necessarily need to be together because that can be a, a, really, a real clash as well. Mm-hmm. But a type A and a type Z, I don't, I don't know what to classify him as. Um, he's just very, very far from an A. So I think she would need to kind of help him a bit. Like, dude, step it up. Come on, <laughs> be an adult. <laughs> sure it's fine (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i see that as being a good thing for him and that he begins to absorb it much better than he does at 16 um but yeah i think they they will always be different people and they are always gonna have to deal with that and handle that and sometimes it'll be easier than others and i i do think that that they may have struggled at some points along the way but i don't think that that means that it shouldn't or couldn't work but that's my personal opinion agreed yeah i kind of go back and forth with them but yeah i'm i'm happy with the way it was written and the way it worked out 
in the end. Definitely. All right, we have to move on to maybe one of my favorite usernames that I've seen in a while. <laughs> we have a comment here from Umbridge Rage. I just love it. <laughs> and they say, I really don't understand Harmony. Apart from three chapters in the entire series, we're pretty much inside Harry's head. I can't think of a single thought Harry has that would lead people to believe Harry has or could develop romantic feels for Hermione, and plenty that indicate the exact opposite. He finds her boring during Goblet of Fire when he and Ron aren't speaking, and as the hosts state, they are alone together for quite some time during Deathly Hallows and nothing happens. Hermione is pining for Ron, and Harry is still pulling out the map to look for Ginny. Honestly, I'm glad that JK resisted her thoughts writing this section, because how could Ron have come back and things not have been super awkward? Harry and Hermione would have been betraying both Ron and Ginny for what? A bit of comfort in a difficult time. The consequences of Harmony in this moment would have to be brushed aside in order to keep the real story. I love Potter partly because it's so not focused on ships. Going. I can't believe that Ron could just be cool with it like he is with Hinny. The trio would have been destroyed. And I'll fight anyone who thinks otherwise. Yeah. That last section of that comment totally got me. I was like, oh my god, I never even thought about that. Like, if something had happened, I think they're completely right. It would have just destroyed the trio's friendship. Uh, I don't think there would have been any coming back from that. I think so, too. Unfortunately. Yeah. Cause especially with Ron and how extremely jealous and emotional he get i mean well anybody would be i think in this situation yeah. but him especially and he's already had jealousy issues with harry in the past for other reasons mm -hmm. um and he already suspects that there's something between him and hermione even when there's not so yeah that that definitely would not have ended well <laughs> i'm so very glad that Rowling decided not to go there yep i agree as well i definitely agree and that scene in the movie i actually like as well um the hosts on this episode were saying that they they like this scene and i do too and my favorite thing about it is that they have a moment of comfort with each other and then they pull apart and things are still broken and mm -hmm. you know they can be there for each other but they can't fix it and yeah. i really like that um but there is that moment where they pull apart and they look at each other. And in the theater, I was like gripping my friend. I was like, do not do it. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> and then they didn't and it was fine. But I was yes. I was pretty panicked for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really remember my reaction to watching that. Oh, I wish I could. But it was probably something along the same lines. <laughs> Just no, don't do it. Don't go there. But it, it was a beautiful scene um, in the end. I mean, yeah, maybe like... dance dancing is the best thing on the planet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I do think that's my favorite part of it is yeah. just the ridiculousness of him trying to make her laugh and her actually laughing. And it's, yeah, it's adorable. Yeah. It's just adorable. So thank you guys for all of those amazing comments. I want to give a few shout outs um, to Pagers for linking us to several Wolfstar fanfics. So if you don't know where they are and you would like to hunt some down, go to the comment section. There's a, several links that they provided for all of this. Uh, to Slytherin Knight for pointing out the similarities between Jenny and James. 
which was really fascinating. I wish I had had time to include that in our conversation, um, but just did we ran out of time, but you should go read it because it's, it's great. And to all of the commenters who talked about Ron and Hermione's marriage um, in relation to that interview with Joe and what she said, uh, there were just too many to include, but all of you should give all of them a read because they're fantastic. Yeah, definitely. And go in and add your thoughts too. Just because we have talked about it here doesn't mean that it's completely over. So go in there and yes. keep discussing it. Please do. And one more reminder to go out and check out our Patreon. Um, and again, we would like to thank Gina as well for sponsoring this episode. Thank you, Gina. Yay, Gina! And you can sponsor us for as little as $1 a month if you go on over to Patreon. That can be found at patreon.com slash alohomora. And stay tuned for the upcoming episode where we, were do we are doing a chapter revisit for Prisoner of Azkaban Chapter 21, Hermione's Secret. And prepare to have your brain hurt talking about time <laughs> a travel. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> but in a good way. It's great. <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. I'm Katie. And I'm Beth. Mischief Managed.